Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Day of the Brainer. That's me, Bob Pasquale, and thank you so much everyone for always tuning in to listen, to be motivated, to be inspired by people who have, who have achieved great things in their life and in the society. So today's guest is someone very special. He is an author. He has, he has written he has written almost two books, one of the most best-selling books in the country. Among them, Gulam Tot, the story of Gulam Tot and the America Destroy Me book, which was known as the best-selling book by the Wheeler's House 2021. Today's guest is Mr. Rian Balwang. Uh, Mr. Riyad Balwam, you're welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for making it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. So, uh, first of all, mostly you're known by people. Everyone, you're known by thousands of people that they know Mr. Riyad is an author. But for you, who is Mr. Riyad Balwam for you? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I think uh, I can say I'm known by thousands of people, but I thank God for, for the few that know me. I'm Mr. Wariel from South Sudan. I'm a teacher. I'm a reader. And uh, being a teacher and being a reader has given birth to the person who I am. Oh, wow. And nobody's. Oh, wow. By the way, there's no need to be humble, my brother, but really, you are known by many people. You're someone who has done a great thing that nobody has ever done, you know. Your book is mashallah. And thank you so much for putting our country on the map of the world. And, you know, great people, they said that, you know, behind every person, a great person, there's a dream. So the person you are right now, the great author, you are right now, Mr. Uriah Balwa. Was it one of those dreams that you dream of before, or it just came suddenly? Well, that is a very good question. Uh, actually, it did not come as an accident. It is something that has always been in my soul since I was younger. Um, I give credit to my grandmother who passed away in 2011. She was the one who introduced me to the world of imagination, the world of storytelling, and so on and so forth. So this thing has been with me from childhood. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow, wow. So like, how did you come across the realization of writing? Was it through your grandmama, or like you developed this through yourself, like writing a book and? Well, um, the first teacher was my grandmother and uh, the second teachers uh, were the books that I read. Mm -hmm. So most of the stories uh, I tell were the stories that I got from my late grandmother. Mm -hmm. So with time, with reading, I, I, I developed, I developed, you know, from the old storytelling to the new mm -hmm. way of storytelling. 
Wow, wow, that's great. So like the, the, the Golang so the stories of Golang Chod and American story, which one of them was like a narrative of your grandmother? Um, well, uh, thank you. That's a very good question again. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, when we talk of uh, the stories of Golang Chod, Golang Chod is a real person. It's not uh, an imaginative story. It is a story of a great man who mm. who once lived in New Land, in South Sudan, in the 20th century. So, not only my grandmother told me these stories of, of, of this great man, but I was also told by, you know, many people, family members, neighbors, and uh, the people of, of my community. Mm -hmm. because most of them were, were found of, of, of Kulang's stories because Kulang uh, was a hard-working person. He believed that people, you know, uh, you know, must work in order to, to get their daily bread. He did not support people mm -hmm. to depend on others. So he wanted everybody uh, to, to work hard in order to, mm -hmm. to get his bread. Well, like, uh, so Galangtot was the one who was told by you. Or, uh, because like, stories are, you know, repetitive, you know. Like, uh, you can be told by your grandma, then you can hear from other people. So like, Galangtot, you heard it from your grandma. I first heard about Galangtot from, from my grandmother and my sisters. Okay, okay, that's great, that's great. So like, for you right now, I know, not only in writing a book, but people who do everything, there's only one thing required, and that's commitment. So for you, how do you manage to manage your time, writing and doing other job? Like, how do you manage? Well, uh, as a person, I have my own timetable in doing my things. Mm. As I told you earlier on, I'm a teacher. Uh, most of the time I teach. So, I have my own timetable mm. for teaching and for reading and for doing other activities, going out with friends and visiting family members. So I have my own timetable. For example, um, this year marks the, the 11th year uh, of me as a reader. I started, you know, uh, consecutive reading from 2010. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, I normally uh, have two hours a day, but I don't finish them at a go. Mm -hmm. For example, when I wake up in the morning, before I, I go to work, uh, I read for at least 30 minutes, and then I will know that I remain one hour and a half, mm -hmm. then I go to work. If I get time there, I read for another half an hour or one hour, depends on, on the time I get. And then I will make sure that I remember uh, that particular time that I will finish later on, mm. or that I finish later on when I reach. So, maximally, I give myself two hours a day. Really? Yes, really. And the same thing apply on the writing? Actually, um, I read more than I write. Okay. Yes. Wow, that's, that's great, you know. 
sometimes people like you know uh, I'm, I'm that kind of person who don't like into book that much but I read few books you know sometimes maybe I read a book and then I leave it you know I'm not that kind of committed guy so like talking of your book America this this uh, destroy me the book was really amazing and there was a bit circulation around the title itself America destroy me so like how did you form this idea of like choosing the title America destroy me um, well uh, thank you uh, you know the story uh, that has now turned into a book had been in my mind for years. Mm. It was 20 years ago when I was a boy that uh, a similar story happened in our village. Mm. Um, and then this thing has been, you know, lingering in my mind. I knew there was something needed to be done on that. Mm. And then I came up with writing the book uh, three years ago, because this book took me three years to put it down as a book. But I found uh, the title at the at the the last hours. Mm. Yeah. So when 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 I was narrating the story, it was me narrating the story because the book is in third person narration mm. style. So. That was, you know, a conversation between somebody called Tidial, mm. one of the main characters or one of the characters in the book. I call him uh, the village fool. So he was talking to Guamar. After Guamar discovered that uh, the guy was not actually uh, from America or did not actually come from America. So and then uh, the girl lamented. She cried when. When she she discovered the guy, she said, "Oh, America has destroyed me. America ruined me." So from there, I picked that to to suit the title, mm. and that has given birth to America destroyed me. Oh, that's great! So like for people who like uh, when they see the title "America Destroy Me," sometimes they may think it's a political book, or uh, or uh, maybe they will say like, "Yo." The author have never been to America, or he's from South Sudan. So how can he pick such title? You know, like for you, how can you, you know, explain to them? Like, well, thank you, thank yeah. you. Uh, you know, uh, I suffered a lot. Yeah. I remember um, one of my few readers called me from Juba, mm. and uh, actually it was. It was like congratulating me on the publication of my book. Mm. And uh, he was also like um, uh, sending his condolence message to me. Because he found uh, the girl, uh, Aguamar, the main character, uh, hanged herself. And he thought it was me that was uh, so he was he was mixing these two. Yeah. But I told him that it was not me. And that is because our people don't know the difference between fiction and non-fiction. Yeah. So many people think it was me that was destroyed by America. <laughs> but America did not destroy me. America only destroyed Bamar. Mm. 
and William. The characters are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm safe. You're not destroying me. Yeah, you're really safe. And I will not destroy you. You know, even me, like the first thing when I, you know, when I saw the book, I was like, yo, maybe this guy is narrating his story. But during the day of launching of the book, and while people were reading it, and while you were reading it, there I got that you know the book was not about the author. The book was a narration of a story of some people. So like, in whatever we do, whether it's music, whether it's uh, football, whatever we do, writing a book or what, there's only you know those kind of people who are negative, you know, who are there just to criticize, uh, hate, and you know. You know, like criticizing and all this. So along your way, while you are writing, have you ever met such people who are criticizing and you know? Uh, well, uh, I'm always fair mm. when it comes to 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 adjectives mm. or to descriptions of things and people. You know, this world that we live on is blessed with many good people mm. and with many bad people for us to be fair we cannot say all people are good mm. if we say all people are good it means that uh, we are not fair with the bad people mm. and if we say all people are bad it means that we are not fair with the good, with people. good people i can't say nobody had tried to let me down mm. or had tried to discourage me but uh, most of the people that I found on the way were very encouraging, were very cooperative, mm -hmm. right from my family, friends, and students. So uh, I was inspired by them mm -hmm. because even if I got some few people, these are minority, I cannot talk of, of mm -hmm. few people who, who did not want me to succeed or to make sure that this book, uh, you know, is published. Mm. So uh, I got many people on the way who who supported me, who appreciated me, inspired me, and so on. That's that's good. So, like, do you have a, a strategy which you use with those people who discourage you? Like, how do you deal with them if they came along your way? How would you deal with? Uh, you know, uh, if I met one of them, I would appreciate them. Mm. You know, in life, everything happens for a reason. Most definitely. Sometimes, if someone treated you negatively, mm. uh, that scenario could be the reason for your success. So I, I, I can't say something bad to them. I can only appreciate them for being there for me. Because sometimes when you are discouraged, if somebody treated you bad, it means that he or she is opening you uh, a good way so mm. that you can become strong. Most definitely. Because tough times create strong, tough people. Yeah, yeah. Most definitely. So like, uh, like whatever, when we do something, there's like inspiration behind it. Like there's a push, a motivation behind it. So like, let me ask you this question. What, what is the motivation or the inspiration behind your 
writing books and all this? Um, well, uh, many mentors mm. have, you know, uh, um, shaped my, my life. Among them is Shino Ashebe, uh, the father of African literature who died in 2013. You know, uh, I read almost all his books, mm. including the pamphlets. Another one who motivated me um, is a female author. Charles Brunt, the author of uh, Jenner. Mm. So, anytime I read a book, I go back to hundreds of years back at the Victorian time. Mm. The same thing to Shino Ashebe, the same thing to other novelists, other writers mm. in Africa, the world. Almost, so, yeah. they give me. Uh, the question that you ask, mm. they motivated me. So like, uh, yeah, you, you're, you're right, because like some people, we, we all ask mentors, like people who guide us, you know, and through their inspiration we can do great stuff. So, what is the biggest lie they have told you before? The biggest lie they have told you before? I don't think, uh, I don't think my, my mentors are liars. No, 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 not your mentors. I mean the people around you or the society. Uh, you mean, uh, what do you mean by like, the like, biggest lie they told me? Do you yeah. mean... Maybe like a limitation the society has put on you. For instance, maybe we are from South Sudan. Mm -hmm. They can say that, yo, those young guys are from Africa, they cannot do this or that, or they cannot write a book, or like has a limitation on us. That's what I mean with lie. Um, I, I never came across that. Never came across. That. I never came across that. I I, I might get it on the way, but uh, after now, I've not yet. Uh, it's, it's, found a good, it's a great thing. You know, such a lie. It's a great thing for you not to have a lie because, like, for me, for instance, the society will tell you that you know you cannot do something because you're still young. You know, you cannot. You I can't, think I think uh, they believe in you, mm. but they don't believe in your age power. Yeah. They can tell you this because you are very young, mm. but to me, uh, I'm a fully grown up man. Man, yeah, right, yeah, so yeah, yeah. And they can judge me in, in other ways, but no. they cannot judge me in age. In age, yeah, yeah. Yes. And you know, you're right, you know, sometimes my message to social is out there, yo guys, please hear me out, you know. Sometimes age is not a measure of uh, a wisdom or, uh, or uh, a greatness, like you can, you can achieve anything even if you are smaller, you know. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Or oh, you doesn't agree. You don't agree with me. Uh, you know, uh, I'm an activist mm. on things like this. You know, as a teacher, I teach English literature. Mm. And when I teach English literature, I first tell the student the moral lesson mm. behind the book. For example, let's talk about Shino Ashebe's "Things Fall Apart." Yeah. Uh, things fall apart you know, uh, tells many messages in them mm. that I first tell my students. The main lesson that I like from Things for the Part is that don't 
believe in physical appearance, believe in someone's mentality. Because the main character, Okonko, was a warrior, yeah. who was a fighter, and was huge, was big. He could defeat 10 people at a go. But when the white men came, there were only two white men, mm. the missionary and the commissioner. And Okonko went and hanged himself. So the power of two people against thousands of, thousands of, of Nigerians or Africans. Yeah. So that one alone tells that the mental power is, is bigger than the, the physical power. power. Mm. So I'm an activist on things like this. I, I don't judge based on how I, I find someone. His age, his look. I don't believe in these things. I believe in, in the mind. You can be young and poor. Mm. You can be young and rich in mind. Oh, and you can be big and poor. You can be big and rich in mind. So I cannot judge. And I don't judge based on how I see someone. I first talk with someone first because there is no way to know someone if he or she hasn't talked. Mm. So when they talk, you can know their color. But if they have not talked, if you have not read their mind, you cannot know them. You cannot. You cannot. So like, uh, for instance, let's, let's switch back to, let's dive into South Sudan issue around this. Let's leave book aside. <laughs> Good. Like, okay. Like we have South Sudanese, you know, we have this wrong attitude, which is known by many people, and that's tribalism. And you as a South you know it. I myself, I know it. So like for you, I have asked a lot of people this question and you are, now you are maybe the number 1,000 and whatever. <laughs> but what do you think is the cause of tribalism in South Sudan? Um, uh, I'm glad to, to be among the people you, are, you ask. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a very important topic. Mm. Um, actually, we have problem, and uh, we have no problem other than tribalism. Yes, for tribe, there's nothing wrong with being from a certain tribe. But when you practice tribalism, you are the problem. Mm. You know, our people are good and bad sometimes. When it comes to reasoning, majority of them, you know, are very low in, in reasoning. Because if someone has slapped you, you ask for their tribe. Mm. And instead of the reason why you are slapped. <laughs> as if, as if, as if, uh, you know, uh, uh, the whole tribe has slapped you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the problem that people are facing. Yeah. And uh, another thing is like, uh, you give your loyalty based on, on tribe. Mm -hmm. But loyalty, friendship, should be based on, 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 on how you understand yourself as someone. Should not be on, on tribal line. Mm -hmm. For example, we are friends. You support me, I support you. Mm -hmm. You are better better to me than many people who don't support me. Mm -hmm. And I am better 
to you than many Shulu people who don't support you. Mm. So this is, you know, the reasoning of intellectuals. You work together because you understand yourself. You don't work together because you share the same county, the same tribe, the same constituency. Mm. So if we we abandon these things of of giving loyalty based on, on tribe, we can be good people in our country. Most definitely. So the change must come from people like you and me and others. Mm. Uh, I once watched an episode made by you about tribalism. Mm. So it, 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 it inspired me to the extent that I'm trying to write a book on, on, on this topic because it is yeah. the most dangerous disease in South Sudan. And it is our role as youth or as intellectuals to, to get rid of, of this disease. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. You know, like, uh, as you say, you know, we as the intellectuals, sometimes we have this lower reasoning, you know. And for instance, like, if some people have saw the news, like once they see someone has a he has a book, mashallah, he's a great guy, his book is very inspiring. The first thing they are going to ask is not his his country. The first thing they are going to search is his, his tribe. Yes. If he's from my, my tribe, okay, I'm going to support him. Otherwise, if he's not from my tribe, ah, Balashi. So that's who, what we are suffering from, you know? And sometimes I see that we, the intellectual even sometimes, they, they tend to have this tribalism attitude, you know? You cannot support someone unless he's from your, your tribe, which is which is very, very bad and is, has hazarding a lot of people in our country. So from your point of view, how do you see that we can uh, eliminate tribalism in our country, in your view? What do you think needs to be done? And I think we can engage them with many things. Mm. We can engage them with books. I remember during the launching of American Story, you were present, you gave a wonderful speech during mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, many other people also gave their speeches and encouragement. So we had almost every person from South Sudan was present. Mm-hmm. Majority. From different corners. Yes, mm-hmm. from different parts of South Sudan. Awesome. And nobody talked about tribe. Mm-hmm. So with with occasions like 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 we did, we can be able to eradicate all these things, mm-hmm. because our role in, in in our community is is to work as ambassadors mm-hmm. for change, to eradicate the tribalism mm-hmm. that kills our people on a daily basis. Most definitely. So, like from my observation, I've seen that we as the sources from the different tribes and cultures. There is this gap between each tribe, you know, like from you can see that from, from Bari, Dinka, Red, Shuru, there's this gap between them. What do you think? What feed that gap? What what feed that gap? Was... Well, uh, uh, to bring together our people, there must be something that that inspire, inspire. Mm-hmm. Uh, things are not forced. You cannot force somebody, you know, to something that 
he or she is not ready for. Mm -hmm. As I said before, we have to, to make program occasions that, that, that yeah, they see themselves in. Because you cannot just tell them, leave you what you are doing for this. Mm -hmm. They should first love the song in order to, to abandon that they had previously been doing. Mm -hmm. If they don't read books, for example, I don't blame anybody who, who doesn't read. Because when you take a book, you, you try to read it, and you put it down. It is because this book is not good. A, book can, a, good, a good book cannot be put down. So if it is good, you read it. Mm -hmm. So you cannot force somebody to something that is not interesting. Mm -hmm. So if something is interesting first, someone will something. So to bring together our people, we must create you know, activities that they see themselves in. Most mm definitely. -hmm. So like, in your opinion, now I have another observation. I've seen that you know, families, they even contribute to tribalism. Like, it became like a, Biological disease, like you know, transfer from children to their from from parents to their children. Like in, in family, maybe uh, a family of a certain tribe, they can start by just like uh, inserting inside their kids that like, this tribe is like this, this tribe is like this, this tribe is like this. Is it is it not part of that tribalism spreading? Uh, basically, uh, this thing is there in our communities. Mm -hmm. But with time, it will go away. Mm -hmm. I don't even support the, the, the setting of, the, of, of our government in South Sudan. Mm -hmm. Because we have, our country is composed of, of states, counties, and payams. Mm -hmm. And the government allows you know, the children of that particular place to move themselves. This is wrong. Mm -hmm. This one should not be like this. Because I don't say this is the root cause of, 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 of tribalism in our country, but it is one of the, the, the root causes of tribalism. Mm, one of the, the factors that contribute. But definitely. Mm -hmm. Because uh, if we do it like this, it means that we are telling people that this one is not from us and this one is from us. This segregation. Bring someone from Western Equatorial to be a governor, to be a governor in Upper Nile State. Mm -hmm. Take somebody from Upper Nile State to Eastern Equatorial State. Mm -hmm. Bring somebody from Eastern Equatorial State, take them to Western Equatorial State. This is, you know, uh, the coexistence of, of our people. This is diversity, so that the country become diverse, mm -hmm. you see? But you cannot, you know, uh, recruit members of, of, of your clan to rule you in that specific place. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the reasons why the tribalism is Spreading. spreading like a bushfire in our country. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Even I agree with you because, like, people, what we call in Arabic is a state, you know, once, like, uh, now for instance, in the 2013 war, people saw it as a clinker and a red war, you know, and people were just like, ah, let them just kill themselves, you know, you know, people, yeah, you know, how do you call it in Arabic? You just like exclude yourself in it, as if you are not part of it. Yes. Because once there is a problem in the house, the members of the house, they should sit and see the issue. You cannot sit down and see that, okay, let them fight. Let them. That's the mistake that we make. 
And that mistake, it causes all of us, you know. Now we are all included in that world. We are part of that world. And now we are asked, how do we be, be part of the solution or the problem? Well, you know, uh, this is fact. This is a fact, by the way. Uh, you know, the 2013 war has nothing to do with the two innocent tribes. Mm. It is not a Nuer versus Ginkgo war, mm. but it is instead a government against uh, the opponents. Mm. But when they did not see the opponents, they turned to kill, you know, the civilians in Juba. But mm. this, this does not qualify the war to be called as Dinka Nuer war. Mm. It has nothing to do with that because it is similar to what I told you before. When you are slapped, you are traveling means you know, uh, search first to yeah. you know where you come from. Mm -hmm. You see, in order to 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 to, to think as if it is a tribal war, yeah. when you did not even consult, you know, mm -hmm. with with members of, of your tribe. Yeah. So uh, actually, the problem uh, was not uh, tribal, mm -hmm. because the leaders themselves. Yeah. You see, so it became a gradient. You see, mm -hmm. it became a gradient to them in order to mobilize people. But in, in, in real sense, it is to their interests. Mm. So uh, it was not tribal. But people were killed in Juba by the government, but not the Inca. Mm. People were killed in Juba by the government, but not the Inca. You know, we, we as Sudanese have this problem of generalization, you know. As the Sudanese saying said that, you know, one onion, one spoiled onion, spoiled the whole onion. You know? So like I just said, it was a government against opposition. But people prefer to say it as Dinka and Nuer War, which is not. I even I, I don't totally agree with it. You know. So, like for instance, yourself. For me, I think the only way was it's not my interview. I'm interviewing you, but I have this. No problem. Yeah, my last bit. But my 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 citation, my proposal has as a social citizen, the only way for us to educate tribals. It's maybe through love and setting awareness, you know, because the statistics say that most the 70%, 50% of socialists are not educated. So it's easier for politicians with, you know, other agenda, their selfish agendas, to use those people for their selfish agendas, you know, and it's happening. So the only way for us to set awareness, maybe organization to help in it, you know, and inspire people to love each other and live as one. That's the only way I think has the solution of our problem and a way of educating tribals in the South Sudan. What do you think? You know, this is, uh, this is uh, the logic. Mm -hmm. There is no lie here. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for that opinion. I wish we had, you know, many good Pascal like you. <laughs> It is fact, it's not because you are here. Mm. Sometimes when you tell the fact about someone in front of him, people will not believe that mm. it is the real fact. The real they will fact. think it is flattering, flattering. but it's a fact. Mm. Uh, I myself, I can say I'm one of the survivors, those who survived the Juba massacre. Mm. Um, I, was, I was forced into the UN camp, mm. but no one, the person who managed to, 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 to let me leave the country for exile mm -hmm. was the Inca, 
who was working for the government. Yeah. A friend of mine. And I believe uh, when he was helping me, he was not helping anywhere. He was helping his friend. Mm. So in, in, in this scenario, we, we, we can see that friendship is, is, is better than, 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 than tribalism. Mm. See? Yeah. Because the person who was helping, he was helping his fellow friend. He was not helping anywhere. Mm, yeah. And he was working for the government. So that shows that if 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 we if if we see ourselves based on, on understanding and friendship, our country can go ahead by the way. Yeah. So with 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 people like us, I believe our country will be, you know, among the, the best countries in Africa. Look at Rwanda, there was geno genocide in nineteen ninety four. And look at it now in terms of development, in terms of security, in terms of livelihood, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. It is now so far the best country in Africa. And they had a dark history. Yeah, yeah. Dark history. They had a dark history. But they have changed because they, 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 they worked for the common good of their country. Mm -hmm. Why not us? As people of South Sudan, let us follow the footsteps of my brothers and brothers. Yes, my brothers and yeah, right, right. No, thank you so much for your time. It's really a great having a conversation with you, and I would like to have this kind of conversation with you once in a time. Uh, if you're still around, for sure, uh, it would be great. And thank you so much for making it with us, Rian. One more last uh, question. What is your message for those people who are out there who are aspiring to be writers and authors in the future. What is your message for them? Well, uh, I don't have a ready message, but because you were asking, I'll try what I can tell them. Yeah, like uh, writers like me who aspire, some people like for me, uh, I'm aspiring to be an author one day. So what is your message for me as your friend? Uh, good. Yeah. Uh, my message to you and, uh, and others outside there, is that uh, there's a saying in English which goes like this readers and leaders, and leaders and readers. If you don't read, mm. you cannot be a leader. Readers and leaders, and readers and leaders. Readers are leaders, and leaders are leaders. It means that those who read are leaders, mm -hmm. and those who, 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 who uh, and, and the leaders are readers. Mm -hmm. So if we read, you know. We can be good. We can succeed in whatever we do. Uh, reading has many significant, you know, uh, uh, benefits mm -hmm. that we can gain from. For example, life is very short. Uh, in Africa, when you reach 100 years, it is between you and God. Sometimes no it is. Because life is very short, we have to, to read so that we live millions of years. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I, I, I go back to, uh, to 200 years ago, to 100 years ago. Because when you read, you, you know, you put yourself in, in, in the fruits of, of the Christ mm -hmm. or, or the fruit of, uh, of the writer. Mm -hmm. For instance, uh, you know, Charles Dickens. Yeah, Charles Dickens, the author of Oliver uh, Twist, yeah. A Tale of Two Cities, and so on, right? You know, he's also one of my favorite authors. 
when I read one of these books, it takes me back to the Victorian time. Two years ago. Two hundred years ago. Two hundred years ago. I go to England, mm. you see, to compare the life with the life we're living. Traveling around the time. In the world. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I go to Nigeria. Yeah. I, when, I, when I do things fall apart. Accidentally, I would find, I, I, I would find myself in Nigeria. People <laughs> laugh. Yeah. Uh, and I've never been there. Sometimes I, I, I would go to Pakistan when I read about Malala, Malala Yusufzai, yeah, you know Malala Yusufzai. Yeah. And I would go to Afghanistan when I read about uh, Khalid Hussein, mm. the Kai Grana, and the, the, the Thousand Splendid Sons. You know, that is the importance of reading. Sometimes it takes away stress from you. Mm. I, I'm sorry to tell you that um, sometimes I am not killed by overthinking because I read books. If something is not dry with me, like some few days ago, I lost my heart. Mm. But how did I manage to, to, to comfort myself in this difficult situation, of which most of my friends are very far away from me due to the, to the situation in this country? People are in deep. Mm. Nobody came to me, only a few called me and came to me. But I comforted myself by reading books. Sometimes you forget that you are in, in, in this place. Mm. Sometimes you go hundreds of years, you go to many places. Hundred miles. So, yeah. in conclusion, reading is good. Because yeah. readers are leaders, and leaders are readers. Leaders, readers are leaders, and, and leaders, leaders are readers. readers. Wow, that's amazing. So, like, for instance, I used to hear from people, you know, if you read a lot, one day you will be crazy. Is it fact or? Uh. <laughs> for a minute. You know, uh, these are uh, these are myth. Yeah. You know, this is there is no scientific proof mm. on that. These are I used to say that these are quotes of lazy people. You know, who don't want to read at all. You know? uh, well, yeah, you know, you know, uh, I like these these tales. Yeah. Or people think like this. Even you know, uh, sometimes they can generalize a certain uh, you know group of people because of one person. Yeah. Like, there was somebody who came from America uh, in 2001, who we were in the village. Mm -hmm. When he came from America, he told us the stories about America, how people lived in Africa. Uh, and there is, a, there is a story that I don't forget. He said, you know why people are afraid of black people? Mm -hmm. All you need to do is, you know, you slapped him, then he ran away, he runs away, then he leaves his, his back with him. And it is that only white man that ran away from, from him. Mm. But as he was telling the story, we thought it, it was every white man. Everybody. And you, you, maybe you can slap one uh, white man who cannot run. Yeah. And we can also defeat him. Yeah. So the mentality of our people on that, you know, is, is funny. Yeah. You see, they generalize things like we have just said that if people read a lot, one day they will be crazy. They will be crazy. Yeah. Yes. There might have been someone who, who became crazy as a result of reading too much. But it is that one person. Mm. So you cannot judge the majority because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see? They say like this, but this is not, uh, there is no scientific proof on that. Most definitely. Yes. Because reading is part of consumption. You cannot just feed your stomach. You, you, you have to also feed your mind. Yeah. These are the only two you know, things mm. that, that need to be, that need to be, to be fed. Most definitely. Yes. Just as he said, just as a stomach needs food, 
your brain also needs work. Correct. Thoughts and books to read and you know. Books are the only way to feed your mind. Really, it was great talking to Mr. Uriah. Thank you so much for making here. I'd love to have a conversation with you one more time. Inshallah. For hosting me in your program here. Thank you for uh, everything. Uh, but I have a question, and I'm sorry to ask you. No, you are coming to ask this question. It's okay, it's okay. Have your... um, somebody has told me that your friend Paul Pascual was leaving Sudan for exile. And I said, no, nobody told me that. Paul uh, Pascual did not tell me about that. Mm -hmm. Can you confirm or deny this? No, uh, I'm really sorry, my friend, for not telling you, but uh, it came just from surprise. Uh, been here in Sudan, it was nice being here in Sudan. I've met nice people, great people like Mr. Uriad. And you know, uh, one day maybe I can proudly say that, you know, I met those guys, those awesome guys, those great authors, Mr. Uriad. As I told you before, my friend, I'm really sorry, but uh, it came just with surprise. Uh, weeks, two weeks from now, maybe I'll be leaving Khartoum. Uh, for as far I've been in Khartoum, like for seven years now, I went to school, uh, I finished high school, and now it's time to search for university. Uh, so I would be leaving Khartoum maybe two weeks from now. Uh, yeah, I'll be leaving it, you know, and I will miss all those amazing people in Khartoum, people like Virial, great people, and all this, you know. But I'm so glad that I met you. Uh, they say it in Arabic, Asan, you meet someone, then you never meet him. I'm so grateful that I met you in person. Uh, Arabic, they say that you cannot but I want to thank you, my brother. Uh, thank you so much for having your time, for being here, uh, for sharing your knowledge, your thoughts with our audience here, our family here. Thank you so much, my brother. Thank you, my friend. And maybe in future we can meet our self journey. You know. May God bless you, may God direct you and protect you in that part of the world. As long as you are going there to do uh, the good thing for our people. Mm, thank you so, so much. Good luck, my friend. Thank you. And I can't wait to see you back. May the good God protect mm. you there and protect us mm. here until we thank meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Uriel. And thank you so much, our viewers, for having your time to be here, to listen, to be inspired, to learn new ideas from new people. Thank you so much. And first of all, I want to thank our guest, Mr. Uriel. And I would love to thank our uh, producer or cameraman Muhammad Usman who has been patient with us till uh, we finish the video uh, thank you so much my brother and thank you so much our viewers thank you so much everyone we would love to new episode a new video with a new guest next week inshallah thank you so much everyone.